Well, now we come back to the sermon and the song was about living water, springs of living water. And as the Jewish people came to this water at Mara, that they weren't, as it were, living waters. And they were very quick to complain and murmur, as verse 24 tells us. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Now, they'd been about three days without the water. They'd left the Red Sea. Now, this comes before last week's sermon where they were wanting food. And so we haven't done them in order, but there is a certain order and reason for which we do this. There are three occasions where the children of Israel in the wilderness murmured about water. And each one has a different message for us. And this is the first one. And so we're doing the ones with the water and the murmuring against that provision or the lack of provision as they saw it. So this is the first one. It's about um, 40 days after they've left Egypt that this occurs. And if you're in Egypt walking, doing physical things and the whole group moving, then they would have been thirsty by this time. And the Lord allows things in his people's lives, his children's lives, to see if they'll trust him. And they weren't getting it and they weren't trusting. He, he was providing a, a path through the sea. He was providing plagues in Egypt. He, he was providing food for them, manna. And now the, this, the, the drink. Are you trusting the Lord for the things of life? You know, whatever things, Romans 8.28 tells us, whatever situation he knows us and finds us in, he knows we're going to be there. And uh, <clears throat> we need to trust in him at all times and not rely on the flesh. Well, we're looking at this drinking of the bitter waters at Marah. We see the bitter waters, the blessed tree, the benevolent physician, and the broken cisterns is what we're looking at today concentrating most on the broken systems. First of all, the bitter waters. This is eventually all that the world has to offer, bitter waters. For those that are non-Christians and even for the Christians. If a Christian goes off <clears throat> and backslides and gets into carnal things, there'll be bitter waters awaiting them there'll be the Lord's hand of chastisement upon them. And so this is all the world has to offer, bitter waters. In the book of James, book of James, chapter 3, let's read from there, and verse 11. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine figs? So can no fountain yield both salt water and, and fresh. Who is the wise man and endured with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual and devilish. For where envying and strife are, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that's from above is first pure, then peaceable, 
gentle and easily to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by them that make peace. And so we see this contrast here. <clears throat> you know, I know this is brought on about using our tongues wisely. But is, is there not some bitterness in our lives over situations we face and how we respond with our tongue, which comes from our heart? And there's bitter envying and strife in your hearts because of our situations that we face as a Christian in life, just as these Jewish people, the Israelis there were suffering these things and they become bitter and they started murmuring, complaining and whinging. And this wisdom is not from above, but it's earthly, it's sensual and it's devilish. It shows a total lack of reliance on the Lord Jesus Christ and his provisions. He's told us he'll never forsake us, he'll never leave us. And uh, <clears throat> all things come upon us for good and not for evil. And uh, they, they need to recognise that, we need to recognise this. And the wisdom from above is peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. That's the victorious Christian. The non-victorious, carnal Christian will be whinging and be complaining. <clears throat> In Ephesians 4 verse 31 we read, Let all bitterness and wrath and clamour or anger and clamour and evil speaking be put away from among you with all malice. Uh, <clears throat> Hebrews. And in the book of Hebrews we have reference there in chapter 12 of the bitterness that comes into a person's life that does not respond correctly to chastisement. For no chastisement for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, in verse 11, it yieldeth the peaceable fruits of righteousness unto them who are exercised by it. These people were not being exercised by the chastisement or these allowances in their life. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. But let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness. Uh, these, this word bitter is contained in the New Testament concerning Christians. Root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and by it many be defiled. One complained, two complained, the lot complained. The whole camp got to complaining against Moses and murmuring against the Lord. And so there's the bitter waters of life that we may face, but we are to be exercised by these things. We are to grow. We're to be mature. Uh, we're to be righteous. We're to be <laughs> sanctified and, and not let these circumstances get on top of us. Isaiah 5 verse 20 Woe to them that call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness and who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. There again, it tells us. That's in the Old Testament, Isaiah 5.20. Woe to those that do this, that react this way. And so this is a bit of waters that we found back there in, in our text. And verse 22, brought Israel to the Red Sea, to Marah, could not drink because they were bitter. Uh, <clears throat> that's what that word means, Marah. Um, 
bitter waters. And uh, Naomi, is interesting, <laughs> means delight. When she got to Moab and lost everything, she became bitter. <laughs> she lost a husband, she lost a possession, she lost her sons. She gained a, a faithful <laughs> daughter-in-law, Ruth, but the, the bitterness had overtaken her. And she said that when she came back to Israel. And uh, <clears throat> it's interesting, change Change the name to Mara, to Bitter. Well, we don't have to. We can endure and we can react correctly. We see the blessed tree that was found for Moses and the Lord. As they cried in verse 25 unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he'd cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. Ah, a blessed tree. You know where we're going with this, don't you? This should remind us of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, the cross upon which he died, cast into the bitter waters of life, and the waters become sweet. There, these circumstances that come our way that can cause us to be bitter, as the tree, the cross is applied, the waters become better. And we are blessed by the outflowing from the cross. All those in past history from Adam to the cross are blessed through the cross. All those from that time forward till now are blessed by the cross and what happened on the cross. Who shed his blood on the cross for our eternal blessings. Romans 15 verse 3 says, For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, <clears throat> the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. All those things that condemned us fell on him. The reproaches fell on him. Galatians 3 verse 13 reads, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. And so this tree was found and Moses was instructed by the Lord and said, Cast it into the waters of life and they will become better. They will become sweet. And so these things that happen that we could become bitter from are turned around and we see that they help us to mature as we are exercised by them. We, we grow better and not bitter as the, the tree is cast in, <clears throat> the blessed tree. So the bitter waters, the blessed tree, and the beloved physician, the beloved physician, <laughs> the Lord himself instructed them on this. Even they came from these bitter waters that become better, but they also found Elam. And they found there the 12 wells of water and all those palm trees. Can you imagine the 2 million plus people of Israel trying to crowd under those, the shade of the palm trees there uh, to get relief from the desert sun? But <clears throat> the Lord does provide the benevolent physician in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18 and 19. We read, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath, appoint, 
He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. The healing, the benevolent blessings and healing of the Lord that comes upon those that trust in him to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. What a wonderful message we have from the benevolent one, the Lord Jesus who so loved us that he gave his own life and God gave his own son before the foundation of the world, mind you. In um, Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5 and verse 31, we read, And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Ah, sinner, unsaved soul, if you're still unsaved and you're experiencing the bitterness of life, even in this terrible time in which we live in lockdown, maybe lost your job, maybe in, in threat of losing your house and, and all the provisions you used to, used to have, there is one, there is one physician, a benevolent physician that can heal the sick, that can heal your sin, that can take away and solve the problem of your bitterness. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Recognize you're a sinner and need salvation. He can give you that salvation in Luke chapter 7 and verse 22. Here we have what the Lord said to those that John the Baptist sent to him. You know, are you the one or do we look for another? And Jesus answering and said unto them, go your way and tell John what things ye have seen and heard. How the blind see. The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Ah, go tell John, this is what's happening. The blessed physician is on site, and he is doing these wonderful things. And folks, he can do these things for us. If instead of being bitter about our situation and the sin in the camp, we become better, and have the right attitude. Well, <clears throat> we've seen those three things. The bitter waters, the blessed tree, and the benevolent physician. Have you got the be- benevolent physician in your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ? Blessed, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, he healeth the brokenhearted and bindeth up the wounds. We come to the next thought, and this is not contained in Exodus, but it's a situation where the Jewish people trusted the Lord, they grew, they become a nation, but then they started, once they got all the blessings and the goodness of the land of Canaan, And they didn't have to work for it. They did fight for it a little bit. They turned away from the Lord. In Jeremiah chapter 2. Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 12 and 13 we read. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this. Be horribly afraid. Be ye very desolate, saith the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, 
and hewed out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. And any water they hold are bitter waters. This, the people of God, we read about their beginning in Exodus and in Jeremiah, we see about their downfall and their going into captivity. The Assyrian captivity, 722, and the Babylonian captivity for the two tribes in the south in 586 BC. But this is the reason they went into captivity. This is the reason they didn't have the victory. This is the reason they didn't exist as a nation and haven't under their own rulership from that point on. Because they've committed two evils. Forsa <coughs> Excuse me. Forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns. Forsook the Lord and went to the world for guidance. Went to the world for help. And uh, what scripture in the New Testament reminds us that we should drink of the living water? Uh, yes, that's the one. <laughs> John chapter 4. And where the Lord talked to the Samaritan woman at the well, remember. And we may touch that on that when we finish. But there, the woman at the well, I'll give you living waters. <laughs> verse 10. 11, verse 13 and 14, and how can you get water from this well? It's deep and you haven't got the, the means to get it. I will give you living waters. I am the living water, the Lord Jesus declares. And John 7, 37 to 39, and also Revelation 21, verse 6, Isaiah 55, verses 1 and 2. Well, let's think of the broken systems that people try to satisfy themselves from. The philosophy <clears throat> and worldly wisdom of this world. You think of this, and it's contained in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. There, let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Therefore, let not, no man glory in men, for all things are yours, uh, <coughs> saith the Lord there. So here we have the philosophies of men, worldly wisdom. This is a broken system. This is where you can't find anything but bitter waters if you go by the thoughts and the philosophies of men. Listen to what Colossians 2 verse 4 tells us. And this I say, said Paul, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. The philosophies of men, enticing words. Verse 8, you can read the whole context, but verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Christian don't be deceived by the broken systems of philosophies of this world. Uh, <clears throat> we are governed by humanistic means. We take a vote on moral issues and say the majority must be right. No, God is right. Let all men be liars. <clears throat> the philosophies of this world, humanism, and that creeps into Christian circles too, where we spiritualize scripture, we humanize scripture, we, we put what we think it should mean, what we want it to mean on the text. We isogete it as it were. We don't exegete it. We don't let the text speak to us. We speak to the book. And that is that has a, a terrible consequence, as you read in the last book of the 
uh, the Bible. They're woe to him that takes or adds to the book. The philosophies of the world, making it mean what you want it to mean when we need to change our view, change our, uh, our attitude toward the scripture and saying, Lord, let it speak to me and correct me. N don't let I correct the word because what wisdom have I got? So the broken system of philosophy, the broken system of psychology. <clears throat> There's a book I read some quite some years ago, and I've, I've mentioned this one before many years ago, Why Christians Can't Trust Psychology, from a, a chap that was a psychologist and realised that he, he wasn't helping people. They kept on coming up with the same problems over and over again. All types of syndromes and disorders are pronounced upon people through the psychologist that you go to visit, the observations they look at in your life. They give names and, and then they give you a tablet and say, take this, this will fix your psychological problem. <laughs> ah, no. The problem with humans is a three-letter word and it's S-I-N. Yes, there may be some chemical imbalance in some people's lives. But the main cause of the problems that we have is because we're partaking of the bitter water of the world's psychology and it's, they're giving us a tablet to take to solve the problem. When we won't take care of the root cause of all of our problems, which is sin. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is an answer, and God gives the answer in his word to our problems. It's deal with sin. Romans chapter 1 to chapter 3, the whole lot there is dealing with sin. Why the world and peoples and nations sink down into sin, just like the nation of Israel, they're sinking away from God at the early stages of their, of their coming out of Egypt and complaining about the bitter waters. Well, look to the Lord. He has the answer. Yeah. <clears throat> we put band-aids of advice on problems. We give drugs to solve the problem, but we need to repent. Unless we repent of our sins, we shall likewise perish, Luke 13, 3, Acts 17, 30. In the times of this God, ignorance, God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Well, another broken system is science. Science will solve the problems. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 20 and 21 reads, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings, and opposition, oppositions of science, falsely so-called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith, grace be with thee. <clears throat> science, falsely so-called. The babblings and opposition of science, falsely so-called. There are so many areas where science has made things better. If they observe through experiments the things that happen and then they can come to a conclusion as they test and test and retest it. 
but science does not have the answer. Science has developed so many good things. Yes, they have, particularly in the last 150 years. Incredible things, incredible means to, to send people out into space and to send rockets and <clears throat> things way out into the, as it were, universe. <laughs> One of these has gone out beyond our solar system now and still sending back some information. But with all the developments of science, has not these, have not these things that they've developed also been used for evil? The problem is in the heart of man. <laughs> and if we go to the broken systems of science, in fact, the Bible says, if God should let mankind just go on their own without any intervention, there should no flesh be left on earth. What, what, you don't have to say much more than that. The very developments that have developed will cause things to be destroyed. And are we not destroying? The Lord said in the book of Revelation 11, the Lord is going to come and he's going to destroy those that destroyed the earth. Science is trying to get on top of the problems that man is creating. If we weren't here, it wouldn't be like that. And uh, evolution, it's not something they have observed. They weren't there when they say it happened. But there was one there when God, when the world was created and he made it happen. The Lord himself, the Lord Jesus. Science, falsely so-called. I'm not saying be ignorant, don't study, don't do science courses. I did. And I learned some wonderful things about the handiwork of God. We just think his thoughts after him if we study these things. Uh, <clears throat> science, falsely so-called. Politics. Well, <clears throat> what do you hear when we've got a problem? Why doesn't the government do something? <laughs> as though they're going to be the ones that solve all the problem. As it were, they're chasing their tails with what's going on around the world now. The politicians are in a tether of what to do next. And uh, mind you, this is not even... Uh, this is a Sunday school picnic as compared with what's coming according to the last book of the Bible, chapter 6 to 19. Politics. Yes, government is, has been ordained of God, 2 Timothy 4, uh, verse 1 and following, and Romans 13, verses 1 and following, other portions of Scripture. But politicians are mainly people who are lost like the rest of the people. God has ordained that they punish evildoers and reward those that do well, according to the scripture. But how can they govern righteously? We've seen <clears throat> even this week in our polit political system, some people being fired for what they've been up to. And the week before in New South Wales, Victoria, they're taking advantage of their position and their power. Why doesn't the government do something? <laughs> It, it, we, we should be asking, let the Lord do something. Let's not go to the broken systems of the world and worldly people. Some, some, we've, you've heard mention the most distrust, distrusted people in different professions is the used car salesman, sorry if you're one of them, and the politician. As hollow as a politician's promise is what we hear. Well, in Psalm chapter 2, God is going to do something. 
Why do the heathen rage and the peoples imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord. If the politicians would listen to the principles of God's word, we'd be blessed. And nations that have done that have been blessed. But here at the end time, this is what they'll do. They'll take counsel against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands aside. Let us throw off the bondage of Christianity, Judeo-Christianity. Let's get rid of those moral things. Let's live as we please. Broken systems. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh, and the Lord shall have them in derision. Isn't that what's happening in the world? There is derision all around. Read the rest of that psalm too. And see what the Lord says. Come to him. He has got the answer. He's got the sweet water. The cross has the answer for the world's problems. Religion. Wow. <clears throat> False religion. <laughs> Pure religion is spoken about once in the scripture. It's in the book of James. Is to help the widows and those afflicted people. That's what religion will do. But that's not putting the cart before the horse. That's becoming a Christian, then doing those things. Not doing those things to become a Christian. False religion is spoken of over and over again in Scripture. And this is what these is Jewish people, they just got saved, but they were hankering to go back and get the waters of the Nile in Egypt. And it says in 2 Timothy 3 verse 5 and 8, they have a form of godliness. They're reprobate concerning the faith. They have corrupt minds in first, 2 Timothy 4, verse 3 and 4, and I haven't time to turn to all these. They're not sound in doctrine. They have itching ears. They turn away from the truth. This is talking about religion. False apostles, 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen, and verse 15, ministers of the devil, it says in those verses there. In the book of Matthew, chapter 23, after the Lord uh, pronounced scathing indictments against the religious leaders of Israel in chapter 22, then in Matthew 23, he said, Woe, woe, eight times, woe, woe to you. That's religion. Religion is a man-made thing. Christianity is God reaching out to man. Religion is man trying to reach up and become like God. And it, <clears throat> let me just go to that portion. I won't read but a couple of verses from Matthew 22. Here, the Lord fronts up, or, or <laughs> the religious leaders front him and quiz him and try to trip and trap him in his speech. In verse 15, Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. So there were the Pharisees that came first. These are the ritualists. These are the religionists. These are the very orthodox. These are the orthodox that are over there now. They don't want to listen to the Lord Jesus. They don't want to hear about the cross. You say Jesus to them and they get really angry. They want the bitter waters. They want to partake of their religion to solve their problem. And it won't, doesn't. Never has worked. Um, <clears throat> religions, ritualists, Pharisees. They've got <clears throat> the Talmud that they've developed. And that's what they listen to more than the Torah. That they should listen to the books of Moses. They listen, should listen to that and not the 
Talmud that was developed in the 400 silent years and, and, and is what runs and governs and all them extra laws. Then you have the next group come to him with the Sadducees in verse 23. The same day came to him Sadducees who say there is no resurrection. And they put up a, a question, uh, whose wife shall she be? She married this one, this one, this one. Oh, <clears throat> ridiculous. But they're Sadducees, they're the rationalists. They reason things out with their own mind. They're humanistic in their thinking. They spiritualize the scriptures concerning the resurrection. How could they deal with what Job said? In my flesh I will see God. Though the worms eat my body, I'm going to see God in my flesh. That's resurrection. They didn't believe in it. They rationalized it away. Religion, a false fountain, broken systems. If you're listening today and you're, you say, I've got my church, I've got my religion. And how many people have I talked to? When you talk about the Lord Jesus and talk about what they need to do to become a Christian, I've got my religion. I go to church. I used to go to church or whatever. Hey, that's not going to get you to heaven. And my answer to them, going to church is not going to get you saved. That's a broken system. Getting baptized is not going to get you saved. Um, <clears throat> doing all these good works, though I give my body to be burned, yet have not love. The love of God in my heart and obeying the gospel of love. It's not going to work. It's a broken system. And you could go over and over many things about what people trust in, in their religion. You know, there's going to be a lot of priests and there's going to be a lot of preachers and there's going to be a lot of bishops and whatever, monks and so forth that have to stand before God for the condemnation of multiple millions of people because they gave them wrong advice. They didn't give them biblical advice. They gave them the religious advice. <clears throat> ah, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. And then in verse 13, there were the Herodians. I think you find them there. And uh, th these were the ones that were royalists. They weren't rationalists. <laughs> they weren't ritualists and religionists. They were royalists. They said, yes, we can have Rome govern us. They're doing quite a good job. I'm quite comfortable where I am. <laughs> then there was the recordists, the scribes. So these four main groups and the recorders are spoken about verse 1 and 2 of chapter 23 the scribes the Sadducees the Pharisees and the Herodians oppose the Lord Jesus the, the tree the cross that could make the waters better and sweet but they trusted in their religion and they crucified the son of God and eventually as you look in the scriptures Religion is that that God has to have the devil turn on and destroy. Well, God could do it, but he uses the, the beast, the Antichrist. In Revelation chapter 17, the, the whore, the harlot that rides the kings of the world. This is religion mixed with politics and power. And God has to destroy her. And from the time of Babylon and Nimrod to that time, Babylon, the great whore, the great harlot, bedecked with all sorts of and manners of things, but only religion and lost. False religion, a broken system. 
Our time's escaping. Let me mention some others. Communism. <laughs> we have had politicians in just the past few months saying how good communism was in that it dealt with the coronavirus. And that person's been fired this week. Communism, which suppresses freedom, which wants now to have face recognition and follow and track everyone in their society and then put marks against them so they can't buy nor sell lest they do what the government wants. They say, oh, it keeps people in order. I was talking to a Chinese person once. Oh, you've got to have that sort of thing to make it run right. No, you don't. <laughs> we have the Lord Jesus that makes us submit to the authorities that be. We don't have to have some thug telling us from on top of the oh, his perch what we should be doing. Some despot, some dictator who is unsaved and is after power, a grab for it. North Korea, Russia, China, these places. Lust for power takes over and uh, <clears throat> the country's run by these despots and dictators. Capitalism. Ooh, capitalism. <laughs> the greed of individuals takes over. The rich get richer, and you know the rest of it, and the poor <laughs> get poorer. We're headed down that path now. And there's those that would like to grab the power and take control. In the book of James, chapter 5, verses 1 to 5, it reads there about the rich in the last days. Let, let me just turn there. In the book of James, chapter 5, <clears throat> come now, or go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for the ministry miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are rusted or cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. You've heaped treasures together for the last days, whether it be in capitalism or communism. There's the billionaires, it used to be the millionaires, now it's the billionaires. Like a, a millionaire's dime a dozen. Now there's a few billionaires getting around. Reading about a, the third richest woman in Australia, she's only 30, developed something. But here it says one day it'll be a witness against them and it, they've gathered together for the last days. We're there. <laughs> and these so, for, forms of government have taken over and care little for those under them. Praise the Lord for those benevolent <laughs> people who are rich and who give. Give to those they've got it from. Well, <clears throat> there's evolution. Romans chapter 1 deals with that. They worship the creature more than the creator. This is a broken system. A broken system. It has deceived the hearts, we can say, of billions of people, saying this is the answer to where we come from. We're not made in the image of God. We're, we're made from slime. We've come from a monkey. Hey, they'd be better off in a zoo. Evolution. And, and God has said, because you've done this, this is the way society will go, downhill. You read Romans chapter 1 about the downhill slide of those that believe, worship the creature more than the creator. Education. Education. A broken system. You say, well, just educate them and they'll get better. Well, what's the educated societies in our, in our world doing? Colossians. Colossians, we, re, we turn to Colossians chapter 2 and verse 3. 
in whom are hidden in Jesus Christ, whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Learn to know about the Lord. Learn about the cross. Learn about the tree that he died upon and receive real wisdom and real knowledge, the knowledge of eternity. Wouldn't you rather go out into eternity, a saved individual, to heaven upon the straight and narrow way? Having met the Lord at the cross, at the cross, at the cross we sing, then go out into eternity unsaved to be judged for all eternity in the fires of hell because someone told you something different. <clears throat> Colossians 2, 3, as we read, in him, the Lord Jesus, at the cross, you met him that is the one that has all knowledge. He knows because he put it all together. And one day he's going to speak it all out of together, <laughs> out of existence. Humanism. And I'm not turning to them because we haven't time, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 to 31, secular reasoning, humanism, that's what we're governed by. Well, what does everyone think here? Let's have a discussion, a panel about discussing this. And when a church, when a church starts discussing issues and having meetings where you all sit, in, sit around and start talking about it, Instead of having someone <clears throat> stand up and preach the word of God and say, Thus saith the Lord, the church is in trouble. Unless, in that discussion group, they go back to the Bible for the answers. Well, this is what the, the Bible says. This is what the word says. Humanism, education, is, hasn't got the answer. It's a broken system. And it's going to be proved, as I said earlier, there should no flesh be left on earth if God let it continue. Technology. Technology. <laughs> Genesis, Genesis. Way back in Genesis chapter 11. Oh, I will turn to this one. <laughs> this is a, <clears throat> something that way back then that God recognized he needed to do something about. And verses 4 to 8, they'd built, Nimrod had built the Tower of Babel, was building the Tower of Babel. And the Lord uh, said, let us Oh no, Nimrod said, let us build us a city, a tower whose top may reach to heaven and make us a name that we let's be scattered aboard upon the face of the earth. And the Lord came down to see the city that the, and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, behold, the people are one. They have one language and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be withheld or straightened from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down there and confound the language that they may not understand one another's speech. If God had not done that there at the Tower of Babel, I think you would have had the 20, 21st century back then, quickly. But God come down and confounded the language and scattered them as he told them to do over all the world. Instead of building a tower that we may become God's. Knowledge will increase in the last days. You see, we've broken the language barrier. We, you can get your phone and talk to it in English and you can get another language come out and you can talk to another person like that. Technology has broken the barrier and where nothing is, is being withheld from them that they imagine to do. That's where we are now. That's where they were there. And God said, no, not time yet. <laughs> Going to scatter them. And how? <laughs> Simply confound the languages. Broken system. Technology won't solve the, the problem. 
Selfism. We pleasure. Let, let's just indulge ourselves. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we may die. Let's get into drugs, which is sorcery. The word pharmacia, pharmakia, comes from the word sorcery in Revelation 21, verse 8. Get your Strong's Concordance and check it out. The pleasures of knocking yourself out, doing yourself in through drugs and drink and the desires of the world. Mammon. Mammon is a big one. The mammon of unrighteousness, which has led many, many astray. In Matthew chapter 6, Lay not up treasures for yourself upon earth, where moth and rust is corrupt and thieves break through and steal. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth, moth nor rust is corrupt and where thieves don't break through and steal. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Listen, if you trade chasing the dollar, the money, the mammon of unrighteousness is going to break you, it's going to hurt you and you'll never be satisfied with where you get. You'll always, oh, just another, just another, just another until you hoard it and keep it and don't share it. This mammon can get a hold of one's heart. If, if thine eye be evil, verse 23, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot, you cannot serve God and money. <clears throat> the love of money... The love of money, not the, the money, but the love of it is the root of all evil. First Timothy tells us chapter 6 and verse 10. This is a fountain that so many are hankering after today. And, it's, and as Christians, it's a, it's a, a, it's a broken system. It, it'll drag you down. It'll get a holy heart. If that's what your heart's started to think about, I need that, I need that, I need this. I want that money. I want to be... Uh, God will provide all your needs. Be content with such things as you have. With food and raiment, it says in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Well, we've had a brief through the last half of those broken systems. What fountain are you drinking from? Which fountain have you partaken of? As I mentioned in John chapter 4, verse 10, Jesus said to the Samaritan woman, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, and thou wouldest have asked him, and he would have given thee living waters. Not all these things that are false, not these broken cisterns in which the bitter water is. He would have given you living waters. And verse 13 of John 4, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, this physical water in this well. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And uh, John chapter 7, verse 37. <clears throat> John seven thirty-seven reads, The last day, in the last day, the Lord, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto the water and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, not bitter water, 
living water because we've come by, by the way of the cross. Our hearts are full of the Lord Jesus. <laughs> and we have the wonderful, eternal, living water. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come to the waters. He that hath no money, come buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why or wherefore do you spend money on all those things we mentioned this morning for that which is not bread and your labour for that which satisfieth not? You know, don't get to the end of your life like Solomon and say, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Why did I waste my time chasing or trying to drink the bitter waters or drinking the bitter waters of this world? When you can come to the sweet water of the Lord Jesus through the tree that was cast in and given us life. Why don't you come to the Lord Jesus and trust him for salvation? Believe on him. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Simple answer. But as many as received him, to them became, gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. The tree. He died on the tree for you and me. Trust him. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we can come to the living water, the Lord Jesus that shall flow out of our lives to other people. O oh Lord, may we cast the tree in and see the wonderful deed that was done for our eternal life by the Lord Jesus on the cross. He died for our sins. He paid the price for our punishment and he gives us eternal life. Bless the hearer. Bless the visitor that's listening today with salvation through the living water of life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.